the best comic book movie of all time plus oh my god the drama and the fast 10 family all that and that's it on this episode of of breaking radio Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online and the Genreverse Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and this week it's just two of us. It's the Jonesy and Jammer show. Jammer, what's going Thank on? Goodness. Thank we, goodness. We hardly have any time, so God, I hope, you know, thank goodness it's just the two of us. Otherwise, we'd be shit out of luck. We Darn finally got a room. Luck, I meant to say because, you know, YouTube algorithm. We got a room. It's a Zoom room. It's a digital room. It's a virtual room, but a room nonetheless. So as you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about Across the Spider-Verse as well as the drama. Because what else is there in family but drama? We're going to find out whether or not it is, right? And that's all there is. We're going to find out whether or not uh, Miles Morales is, you know, was this film full of exaggerated swagger of a young black teen? I don't know. We'll find out. What does that even mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what, what does that, that mean? mean? You don't know what that means? Oh man, you are getting old. I, I mean, what do you mean? Is it full? What does it mean? Is it full of exaggerated swag? What does that mean? So, does that mean it's style over substance? Do you remember? No. Do you remember? So the Spider-Man game that came out for PlayStation, right? Oh, and then they I never released. That. I got. Okay. I have it. Jesus Christ! I played it. God. I played the you opening just, just hate, scenes, and then it got nice really things. hard. All right. So yeah. they did that, and then they released the Miles Morales expansion, right? This guy that was mm-hmm. reviewing the game for GameSpot, that was part of his critique. He was like, oh, you know, Miles Morales, he has the exaggerated swagger of a young black teen. You're like, what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Just, that's, ooh, 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 okay. Yeah. And so, that and that's so it, gross. that's I'm not just old. I'm just unexposed to whatever that was. <laughs> whatever just... that is. <laughs> it's it's not racist. He meant it as a compliment. Right? I don't know. Anyway. I'm sure he has black friends. I'm sure he does. Um, so, yeah. Let's find out. Let's jump into it. Uh, so, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, is sitting pretty right now on Rotten Tomatoes. You'll know that I don't have it up right now because I have to think about it. As a 96% from the critics, yeah, I, 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 I can tell you were just like, kind of like you're getting your bearings there. You know what? Don't, like, don't okay, pay attention to my vamp. It's across the spider. Listen, just be glad I'm here, right? I, let me, okay, no, let's start. I've got some complaints. Listen, I know that overseas military movie theaters have a captive audience, right? If there's something that is only being released um, there, they don't have to worry about anything. They're, we just have to go see it there. But this fucking movie theater was the worst, right? Half of this review is going to be me asking you, what did they say during this particular scene? Because I don't fucking know. The movie theater was... So well, actually... The, what? Uh, I had a couple instances where the audio was hard to hear too, mostly at the very beginning, like for the opening narration. Yeah, because the drums were very loud over the yes. I I may that might have been a way the movie was mixed then if it's between you and I. But other parts of the movie, I had no problems hearing. It was literally just that opening part and maybe a little bit of the very end where the her narration comes back. It took two thirds of the movie for the voice voices to get normal. 
Um, oh, add okay. to that. Well, then that's a you problem. Yeah, it was. It was no. It's not a me problem. It's the Department of Defense problem. What the fuck? Um, not only that. Add to that the most obnoxious fucking teenagers ever. So you know, you know me. I hate kids. Kids aren't my kids. I fucking hate them. I'd drop kick him if I could. These little pieces of shit. Every time something happened in this movie, oh, 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 yeah, like Jesus Christ, kid, I'm gonna put my boot through your face. And I'm sorry, I say kid, kids, plural. Just I am Anakin Skywalker. Fuck these kids. All right. Like I just <laughs> I feel you had a lightsaber. Jesus Christ. I just sliced all those little motherfuckers up. Anyway, all that said, now I feel slightly better having got that off my chest. Uh, so yeah, it does help. It does venting just a little bit. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse has a ninety six percent on the tomato meter from the critics and a ninety eight percent audience score. So to your point that you brought up in the intro, just among uh, the critics and the audience score, it might be one of the best. Just like if we're looking at the metrics, um. I'm excited to review this film. Let's go ahead and do our uh, our very short Mastodon reviews of this film. And then we'll jump into what you got thing. You got thing. You're looking at me. What's up? Oh, I'm I'm just waiting for you to prompt me. Okay. Prompt. Okay. Uh I'm gonna I'm basically gonna pull a Martin Scorsese because I'm just gonna call this cinema. It's pretty much what it comes down to. I was wondering which way you're going to uh, go with that. That was good. Yeah, uh, this is, and I, I even have an actual tweet that I did. I know, you know, I normally don't tweet my reactions to movies that often um, these days because I'm old and graying, as you can see from my hair here. But uh, I basically said, "Yep, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was a beautiful and emotionally thrilling film. Somehow manages to do the impossible and outdo the original in virtually every way. Kudos to the filmmakers. This is peak cinema." Uh, I will be utilizing plenty of hyperboles in today's interview as we continue discussion. You know, best animated film or one of the best animated films, period. Maybe one of the best films, period. Definitely one of the best superhero movies, period. There's a there's so much love here I have for this. So I I cannot say enough good things about this movie. And I'm sure it goes without saying this is an A plus movie for me. Okay. Um, so my review is going to be slightly shittier. Uh, I am certain that this is an A movie, but I don't know. Given all of the issues that I said that I had watching this movie, um, I enjoyed a lot of what I saw, but the theater that I was in, no kidding, hey, Jonesy, limited my experience. Jonesy, it's called, it's called the Department of Defense, not the Department of Entertainment. Man, so you got to cut them some slack. I mean, they have the audacity to make me stand up for not just the U.S. national anthem, but the national anthem of Korea, and then just like sploosh a shitty movie uh, experience all in my face. And it's just, I, I'm not down for that. I'm just really upset. I don't know. So like I said, a lot of this is going to be me talking to you about like what actually happened. The things that I could hear, I really enjoyed. Um this was a coming of age story wrapped. I really enjoyed. 
It was horrific. When I tell you that the movie theater had to be so quiet that people weren't eating popcorn to be able to hear the dialogue and like leaning forward in their seat, there was a guy sitting next to his daughter next to me and he kept leaning over her and was like, what did they say? What did they like? That's how bad it was. That's how bad the audio. I would have you. You you weren't able to go and complain to the theater at all. Be like, hey, turn it up. There was nothing they could do. So somebody already went and complained. There's nothing they could do. They could turn it up. Turn my headphones up. I don't know. Okay. Um, You know what's disappointing is this is probably easily the best movie of the year, and this is the conversation that we're. (laughs) I'm, and so here's the thing. So, I I'm I'm pissed how this whole situation went down, um, because. Um, usually I go see movies on the Korean economy and I see them, you know, well in advance, like I'll see them on Wednesday. So not only have I had zero time to, um, you process just, anything you just walked I out of the theater, like I an just hour ago. walked out of the theater. So, you know, um, that could be kind of a good thing, but also like, I, I it was just a not good experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so, also a I, I do Ma talk- Dong Suk. Oh. I was just going to say part of the other thing that happened with the other thing that I think happened. There's a, uh, a Ma Dong Suk film that released this week. And there's a part of me that thinks that Korea like pushed Spider-Man back so that this could have a better opening uh, or so that uh, Ma Dong Suk's film could have a better opening. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know who he is. If you remember um, Eternals, no. he was Gilgamesh in Eternals, and he was one of the more. <laughs> he was so he was the guy that hung out with um, Angelina Jolie. He was the one taking Got care it. of her in Eternals in that really shitty ass movie. Yep. Okay. Um, and so he is a he's a huge Korean star. So he has a film coming out this week, and I, I think it got pushed back. Um, so yeah, I, let's let's. Give me your letter grade. You said it's an A plus film. Let's jump into spoilers, and then you can tell me what you thought was so fantastic about this film. Okay, so first things first, I have to say, um, so when uh, going back to the end of last year, the beginning of this year, I had to compile what are my most anticipated movies of the year, and embarrassingly, it was second shrift to Super Mario Brothers movie because at the time. I was concerned about what they were trying to squeeze into this movie about like, because the first movie into Spider-Verse was so good. And this was going to be for me. I was like, is this going to be too much? Or is this going to be like, oh, just wait till they get a hold of 1500 Spider-Men. What's going to happen then? And I worried it was just going to be too big. And honestly, you know, it was charming. The scene that we had at the, the sneak peek that was kind of from the movie it was different but it was mostly the same where Gwen visits uh Miles in his room oh yeah and you know that was cool and all that but like it's still I was still feeling like is this gonna be too much is it gonna lose focus is it gonna lose what makes the original charming uh and because of those doubts I pushed it down Mario was at the top well look who's laughing now uh because Mario ended up being a an aggressively average movie. And this is the exact opposite um, in every single way, shape or form. So to start with the opening, amazing. 
the structure unique uh because frankly the it doesn't start until like an hour into the movie almost when the actual plot gets going but i wouldn't call it slow um it just feels like it's not structured like a movie it feels like it's structured like a series uh and i thought that was cool they let things linger and oddly i kind of almost compare it as well to ted lasso this season which i haven't finished by the way but i know is done i'm glad you um, said that <laughs> where because yeah, i want to make sure you didn't say anything in case yeah. you saw it already um in that i feel like this season of ted lasso they're like let's just let the camera let things just unfold at a natural pace i feel like i got that same vibe from ted lasso in the season to this movie where they just let things go. They let conversations happen. They let moments linger. They let the arcs happen naturally. Um, and so uh, going back to the structure, it felt like almost episode one was Gwen Stacy. Episode two, Miles Morales. Episode three, Across the Spider-Verse. Episode four, this. like You could have divided this up into like five separate episodes almost, or I guess chapters if you wanted to get comic booky, or issues, I guess, if you want to get super comic booky. And... Um, so much so that you know i knew about halfway through this movie and we knew it was a two-parter but like it was a hard two-parter it's not like you're wondering is it going to be like a complete story with you know here's the overarching thing or is it just going to be one story that just doesn't end it's very and back halfway to through the, the movie, I was like yeah well yeah exactly and for this one it just doesn't end it just cuts off and which is I mean, it's not a complaint because to me, this just feels like it's deliberately, deliberately, deliberately structured in this way to achieve this sort of experience. Um, so I appreciated once I, I caught on to this is the structure of the movie. I was just like, damn, this is good. But either way, from the get go, it was really emotional. Like I wanted to cry in the first 15 minutes based on all the stuff that was happening with Gwen. Um, and then the stuff with Miles was like a nice just juxtaposition because it was a lot more comedic. And it was a lot more goofy and fun. So there's just a lot of really heavy and really goofy things really clashing with each other in a way that somehow works. Like going from a really serious moment to a freaking web-slinging Tyrannosaurus Rex. And, you know, it's just, it has so much fun, but it never loses what this story is about. Or it never loses the characters and their relationships throughout the entire thing. So it's just, it is perfect and i'm not even mentioning you know the big part which is you know the the visuals which are astounding you know like you have did you like the visuals from the first one i feel like you didn't oh yeah no i love them yeah okay so and then their next level here literally every universe they go to has a different visual and then of course you go to i guess nueva york and in there they have like everyone's like interacting with each other and it's just you have certain characters that are like collages, certain characters that are CG, certain characters that are different types of 2D. Gwen Stacy didn't realize it until, you know, a couple of minutes, like a minute or two in where I'm like, oh, this is like watercolor status. Like it's not even the same as uh, as Miles's universe. Um, so at first I was like, does she look different or is it just because her art style is different here? And it was art style because when she went back to Miles's world, she looked more similar that, to what she did in the original yeah. movie. Um, so yeah, like literally everything's on its A game. It, it was managed to, it managed to balance both the really goofy stuff and the really, really heavy, serious stuff in a way that I rarely see in anything. Um, and I just cannot say enough 
great things about it. I guess maybe the only criticism I could have is if you were sleepy like me, I was getting a bit like, like exhausted, but I think that was just because I was tired. I don't think it was because it was, you know, actually that like it is long. It, it does feel long, but it's not long. Like, can it be over yet? It's long of just like, Ooh, this is, this is still going, a lot going this on. Is, yeah. Yeah. Especially by the end, because I knew it wasn't going to be a complete story. I was just like, and cut here. And it didn't. And I was like, and it's going to cut here. And it didn't. And I was like, and it's going to cut here. Um, and then it finally did. And uh, yeah, I just cannot say enough good things. This is art. This is cinema. This is human expression at its greatest height. So what wow. did you think, Jonesy? Uh, I really, again, I really enjoyed the stuff that I could glean from it. Again, a lot of my experience watching this film was ruined. Um, but the things that I really did enjoy was there were some things that we had already, well, let me start at this. I felt like this took risks. And so you were comparing it to Mario brothers and like, would I want a Mario brothers to swing for the fences yes. like this did? And well, no, maybe not like this. Not maybe the sequel. I, I don't know, but like, I felt like this one really went for you trying to understand why everybody ticked the way that they did and they did such a good job of letting you stay with Gwen Stacy and understanding like this is why she is the way she is this is why Miles is the way he is this is why um even uh Peter is a Peter B Parker B Parker yeah. is that that's the way he is or why Miguel is the way he is and I just enjoyed being able to sit in those moments and then everything that they did all of the actions that they took after that um, made so much more sense. And I, I really liked that. I thought the action was really good. Um, I really enjoyed John wick, but I felt like some of the action went on too long. What? Mm. I just thought you're saying John wick wasn't in this movie, Jonesy. Oh yeah. <laughs> you no. didn't know. I, I really enjoyed John wick, but I felt like some of it went on too long. The mm. action scenes in this just felt so good and they felt so well timed um they also had um that brad bird um i guess requirement when it comes to action is like it has to be moving the plot forward it has to be character based mm. um meaning that like it's always accomplishing something that whatever is happening on screen is moving something forward either in the plot or it's showing something about the character and I think every moment of action in this movie pretty much did that. Uh, you know, I even compared to like the spot fight at the beginning, which went on for a long time and they incorporated it into like, it wasn't just like a fight scene. It was like continuous fight scenes as plot was happening and stuff. And it was just, it went on and on and on, but it, every, every moment accomplished something and it, it didn't feel like wasted space or just flourish. No. And to the point of what I was saying, just about seeing characters, motivations, even that, what you're talking about, seeing Miles interact with this character, you understand why he feels so jilted and why he goes on to do the stuff that he does just based on that first interaction. Um, so I thought that that was really well done. Um, one of the other, the overarching thing that I really liked about this film is this discussion about canon. On this podcast, we've reviewed lots of movies, had lots of discussion about canon, a lot of it related to Star Wars. Um, but it was fascinating to me that this film was able to have a discussion about 
what canon was. And it felt like a very meta conversation. And yeah, it was almost like it was talking to us. Like this stuff doesn't matter. It only is, uh, I forgot who said this, it almost relates to the Stan Lee quote where he talked about, you know, the person that's going to win the fight is the person that the writer needs it to be, or canon is what the writers need it to be. Um, Pablo Hidalgo. Is that, did he say that star Wars? Uh, something like that. I think he, I know he had a quote like that, that I know Cameron and uh, Kyle take umbrage with, I, but I think star it's Wars true. Canon. Um, and one of the things I love that this film was able to do is like challenge the audience and in having that conversation and what makes that so special is as it relates to Miles Morales specifically, you know, back when he was first created, it was a big deal for there to be a black and or Latino Spider-Man. And so now he's both. And it was like this huge outrage, just like you have now. Um, but it was a bigger deal then. And so when Brian Bendis created this character, he was looking at Donald Glover and saw him in a Spider-Man shirt from Community and took that as inspiration to create this character. And to have Donald Glover be in this movie uh, as in a cameo as the Prowler was great. And I loved that they were And able also a to... continuation of, of Homecoming. Yeah. Almost. Well, I don't know. You know why? I have no idea what the fuck he actually said. Because those goddamn teenagers, <laughs> those... Like the it, bad audio quality and those loud motherfucking teams. I have no idea what Donald Glover said. So you can tell me that all day long. It might be true. I don't know. I don't remember what he said. I don't know if it was important. It was important as he was the prowler. I didn't he have was, an opportunity uh, to remember. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to see it again. Right. I like. I am I've, too. Like, I, I definitely I've done will my see this best movie again. To avoid having to see movies on post. And this is just an illustration of why. But anyway. Um, it, it is special to not only get Donald Glover in this film, but to see why Miles Morales exists, right? Like, I don't think he necessarily has to justify his existence, but he certainly did. And that was great to see. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I have a question for you. Yeah, um, this was, yes. So for me, the first soundtrack was just classic. Um, I would listen Mm -hmm. to it again and again and again. Was there music that stuck out to you in this one like it did in the first one? I don't think so. No. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay. But I I definitely want to listen to it again or watch the movie again just to see. But yeah, I honestly, it felt like I was just so wrapped up in the visuals and then the story maybe my brain just didn't process it like it processed the original one. I don't uh, know. Like I, when I heard like sunflower instant classic, when he has yeah. that what's up danger moment, when he leaps off the building, yeah. taking parts of the building with him and it's going in slow motion. And it's just like that needle drop that's happening during that scene. Um, I wasn't it's looking for, now. yeah, I wasn't looking for a moment like that in this, but I definitely noticed that there was nothing that synced the audio and the visuals for me like those songs Mm. did or even um it wasn't start a riot there's another song that happens at the very end of the first one when they're doing like they're showing you different spider-man hanging out and i like whatever song that was i can't 
think of the name, but it just stuck with me. And there's, it kind of sucks that there's nothing that jumped out at me in this one. And I know people were really excited about this because of the producer whose name is not somebody I'm familiar with. The album just dropped. Yeah. So this morning, um, so I'll probably listen to it. I'll probably see the movie again either this weekend or early next week or something. So I'm not tripping. Like everything else is so good. I just don't care. You know, <laughs> it's like, eh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh yeah. But it, at the same I, time, I, I no. see where you're coming from. No, not a complaint. Um, just something that I noticed. Um, right. Is there anything else we could talk about? And um, as you talked about, so this film ends on a cliffhanger. Um, and the nice thing is yep. we're not going to have to wait as long to get the next film. So the next one's dropping in March of next year. Um, so fortunately, they're they're doing us a solid and giving us, what would you call that? Like a, uh, a reloaded revolutions uh, spin. Usually that mm-hmm. doesn't happen quite as fast. So I'm yeah, excited for it's, that. Um, I'm super excited for that as well because uh, I'm more excited now. And I have zero comp or zero comp, zero doubts that this will be, you know, a great movie, even if it's, even if it's not as good as this one, uh, that the next one will be great just because, you know, Why? it's very clear they worked on these together. This is a complete story. I already got like a giant understanding of what their vibe is, how they tell the story and what kind of stuff we're ultimately be getting. So it's just like, I'm going to say it now, my most anticipated movie for next year, <laughs> Beyond the Spider-Verse. Calling it now. And watch. It's, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a train wreck. Watch. It's gonna suck. I was I'm just about to say. Cool. I want you to understand that, like, one of the directors on this film was one of the directors from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated series. So, are you gonna give that show another chance based on this? No. Done. No. I've, I've already <laughs> given that show three chances. I've watched like the first. Here's. The, I, I feel bad. I've watched the first eight to nine episodes like three times. I've not liked any of them. Um. I don't know. Maybe at some point I will because people okay. like it. People talk about it's like the best show ever. <sighs> no, Batman animated series is. Um, how did you feel about this being a cliffhanger ending? Did it bother you? you know, I usually do. I usually am bothered by it. Like for example, Infinity War felt like half a movie to me. What are you talking about? But I think they Russo <laughs> brothers said that was one like movie. movie. No, they said that was a complete movie. No. <laughs> And it didn't feel like a complete movie, even though I kind of, I guess I could see thematically or, or uh, intellectually why it is one movie, yeah. but it didn't feel like it. What I, I think they they solved that problem ish in a couple of ways. One, they let us linger on lots of character scenes to where I felt satisfied. And they also gave Gwen her arc. So they started off with Gwen and they kind of ended her arc with, with, they ended her arc throughout that with her and her dad. So even though, the story wasn't complete. I felt like we got a nice little arc there that helped me feel satisfied by the end. So I didn't have that feeling of, oh, I, I, I'm unsatisfied, you know. So mm. I think that's part of it. Um, but also, I don't feel like this movie was trying to lie to me and say, no, 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 you got a complete story. It's okay. They didn't try to convince me. They weren't gaslighting me into thinking I got a complete story. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things, oh man, I just lost the thought I was going to say, it just jumped out of my head and I'm getting old. I'm old. What about I'm you getting... in terms of uh, did it bother you? No, it didn't. Um, because 
one, I agree with you. I think the lingering really did help, like getting those really good character moments. And it felt like it built towards something very satisfying um, that makes me want to know what's going to happen next without making me feel jilted. And I, if I had more time, I could think about why that was. And it, maybe it's because it didn't feel very artificial. Um, and it, they gave, oh, and part of it was the twist, right? So getting to see Miles Morales as Prowler was like, oh, like it was, it didn't just build to this weird crescendo. It built to this crescendo twist. And I was like, oh, I, I really like this. And I want to see where this is going. And I feel like you've done so much in what I've seen already to earn, um, me waiting to see what's going to happen next. Um, couple more questions for you and then we can move on. Um, I actually have to leave in a minute or less. In a minute or less. All right. So last question then. So we've already talked about last week, we had a discussion about voice actors crossing over into live action stuff. Um, Haley Steinfeld, would you want to see her crossover? We also got her, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, uh, as Hobo Brown, Hobie Brown. Um, I think that those characters would be fantastic to see in live action, like in a, um, secret wars context or something like that. I mean, I guess she's a little, she's a little old and a little not blonde, I guess. So that might not work. What? She's not blonde. I said nothing. And the character is a teenager. Okay. Um, I don't think she could pass for a teenager anymore, Haley Steinfeld. Okay. I think she's well. Like, she doesn't. I don't think she has to, say. right? I think you can just like you have Peter Parker's at different ages. I still think that you could sure. you could okay. probably pull it off. Yeah, um, I'm really I really enjoy this film. I don't really have a lot else to say about it. I think the reason why I felt like it earned the cliffhanger ending was because it it did something that I haven't really seen that much. It isn't just the continuation of what's going to happen with the spot. They introduced this entire new element with uh, the Prowler as Miles Morales. So I'm really curious where that's going to go. And it made me wonder, are they going to further illuminate what it is that makes him so special? So I really like that. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for, uh, what's it called? The... TVA to come in, start messing with shenanigans. See it's Owen possible. Wilson getting oh Wils- Owen Wilson coming in at the end and Loki coming. Oh my God, can you imagine? Do you think that when they look at each other, they see their weirdness? So, like, does Donald Glover look at Miles Morales and go like, "You're a cartoon," or do does the Lego Spider Man look question. at them and go like, "You're a"? It Lego. doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it because the woman from Venom did not seem very shocked when spot came in and started talking to her. I think it was spot if I recall correctly. Yeah. It was. was it the woman from Venom, the convenience store mm-hmm. owner from Venom? Yeah. I'm really disappointed in myself that I recognized it. Um, and I was just like, here's, I was like, it's Venom. I'm actually disappointed that it actually, you know, kind of made me happy that I recognized it. Um, yeah. Well, I was just going to ask you, um, did people like cheer and scream when it happened in your theater? The Venom scene? No. Yeah. No, I'm telling they, you, they did for other scenes, but not that scene. Oh, because you, you had those children. Every live action scene that came up, people like screamed. So you know what I hate to say? 
I hate to say this, any say animated movie, even if it's not, you know, meant strictly for kids. And I, and I, I've started adopting this mindset recently. And it's definitely a, a mindset that I adopted when going into uh, Mario, especially. I'm just like, this is the kids' world. I'm just visiting. I'm just lucky enough to be there to experience what they're experiencing. And I can't complain because this is intended for them. Now, granted, I think Spider-Verse is definitely above that in terms of it's not meant for kids. And I would argue it's probably not even meant for families as much as it's meant for a young teen audience and above. With exaggerated swagger. With exaggerated swagger. <laughs> um, but it's funny, this movie is actually legitimately the type of stuff that I wanted when I was in high school. Um, like where it was like, it's not necessarily a full-on comedy. It's like an adventure it it really i don't know it it takes itself seriously like we didn't get animated things movies like this when we were younger at all shrek um, was like the everything closest was, thing yeah everything we had was always either family based completely or adult sitcom yeah. that's it and even now that's like mostly what it is but you know occasionally we get gems like this arcane um and others i don't know so where I'm gonna I was push going back. with that I'm going to push back on your sentiment that we're visiting in the kids' world. I feel like and I'm going to make a broad sweeping statement. This is an American issue. So I watch movies in Europe and Asia, and never is it like this except when I go with American audiences. That's fair. I and think for it's me, the same, uh, I, same, I agree. same kinds of movies. I agree. It's definitely a culture thing. Um, but alternatively, what? for me, I'm just like, they're kids. They're having fun. Who cares? Man, fuck. They're not kids. hurting anything. Um, <laughs> speaking of kids. So let's jump out of spoilers. I'd like to ask you about this. I'm curious what you think. So we had a discussion before about Superman casting. What I realized, like, I am so out of the mix. If you are under 30, like, I just have no idea who you are unless I watch your thing it's because they're that, all coming that, up through disney channel and nickelodeon i obviously yes. don't know that's just i'm assuming i didn't even realize that is jenna ortega come up through that or selena gomez did i know selena gomez did right she was selena gomez said, i don't know if um ortega did oh all right i just assume that everybody who's basically 20 or younger grew up or was on one of those shows when they were a kid i know jenna ortega was in Jane the Virgin, which oh, okay. was, that was which ABC, a though, wasn't it? That was CW. Was it? CW. Yeah. Fantastic show. If you've ever you should watch Jane the Virgin. It's actually really good. Um, yeah. but she plays she's she plays the young version. So each at the beginning of each episode, kind of like psych, they have like flashback to the beginning mm-hmm. of or a flashback when she was younger. And for a while, I think Jenna Ortega played her. And I didn't even recognize her until I was watching an episode after I had watched Wednesday, and I was like, oh. That's her. I know you. It's her. I know you. You're like really little. Um, and yeah, it was, I just assume everyone under 20 and under comes from that, but I guess she doesn't. She doesn't come from Disney. So I'm, I'm full of it. I'm disproving myself actively. That's I'm pulling just... a Nick doll is what it's calling. <laughs> um, so where, where I was going with that was I, I, casting. I'm just bad at it. And 
one of the things that happened recently as this movie's coming out, you know, they're talking to folks on the red carpet and they had a discussion with Amy Pascal, who is like the spider woman, right? Um, there was a discussion about the fact that they're making a live action Miles Morales movie. We are getting that at some point in the future. I have two questions for you. The first is about casting. Um, yes. The Stranger Things producers put forth Caleb McLaughlin as the person that they thought oh. should be Miles Morales. So I was going to ask you what you thought about that. Okay. Are you clapping? So here, What's that face? <laughs> I don't like it. So here's the... <laughs> this is where I start to become like mildly conflicted about my feelings. Where it kind of bothers me. This is stupid. It shouldn't bother me because it's great. Like, how come I feel like black people get to claim Miles Morales for their own when he is half black, half Latino? You it's can't the one just... drop rule, baby. One drop. It's it's bullshit. It, it annoys me. It's just like, oh, he's black. Cast him. And I was like, no, get a mixed person to play this role. He's not just black. That okay. bothers me. But, you know, that's it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But from a representative point of view, representation point of view, it does. Okay. I could see that. Does that um, make sense? It, it makes 100%. Well, because honestly, sense. when it comes, let's be real, when it comes to representation, black people have it way, like they are way stronger than Latino people, like yeah. a million times stronger when it comes to as far as pushing for things that they want. Latinos are just like, eh, it's fine. I just like it if it's good. And that's why we that's why we don't get a lot. Or we're getting more recently, but that's why it's taken so long. I have a Even theory though we about have that. such a, a high population in the US, it's taken so long. You know what I've always thought the reason for that was? Like in America, mm -hmm. this is all we've got, right? So the people that you're talking about are us. The people that and when I say us, me black Americans. My perception of other races is that they have mm. telenovelas. They have a reach back. They have like Mexico or um, any other, any other Latin country. Same reason why sure. Japanese people aren't pissed when they cast Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell. They're like, why do we give a fuck? We can, we're just going to make our own live action, whatever. And so it doesn't impact them that that's happening for black Americans. Like this is it. This is the show. There is no reach back to pick a country in Africa. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. I also feel like there's, there's, I, I agree. I think that probably at least pays some plays some part in it. Um, I also remember, and I, I'm pulling this out of my ass. I'm not, I, I didn't make it up. I remember hearing, I don't remember where though, where there was this study where um, black people or Americans specifically who started off poor and, you know, were able to, I guess, move classes to like mm -hmm. middle class or whatever, or upper middle class or upper class, they tend to try to bring others with them. Latinos generally do not comparatively uh i don't know why but apparently that's what the study seemed to show and i'm wondering how much of it also has to do with the fact that you know latinos i know my dad growing up there was a you're either black or you're white mm -hmm. latinos picked white yeah. and i think yep. 
you're generally able to if you get a certain point you're you're able to like blend in better and just kind of trudge forth more than black people yeah and that probably also plays a role in it and we're just like ah don't worry about it it's fine ah don't worry about it it's fine it's close enough we can maybe eat more That's easily fine. identify with other people on screen because we are visually maybe a little bit closer. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I can see that. And I think we've had a similar conversation before because I remember we were talking about um, this court case that involved um, civil rights movement. And it was, I think it was Hernandez for United States or something like that. And it was featured in a PBS documentary called uh, Class Apart. And it talked about exactly what you're talking about. Like, because the signs they were trying to figure out like, well, do they apply to Latinos versus whites only? Like, who does that apply to? And so that was part of this court case that happened in the 60s. So they determined mm -hmm. that Latinos were a class apart. Interesting. Um, I never heard of that. Yeah. Yes, you have. I told you about it. That's that I was, that's remember. how I started this part of I the don't, story. I don't remember, Jonesy. I've forgotten. I don't it remember. You're, exp you're experiencing what my wife experiences on a daily basis. The second part of the question I was going to ask you before we <laughs> sidetracked ourselves. So if we get a live action Miles Morales, where do you think that he will appear? Is he going to appear in the Venomverse? Is he going to appear in the Amazing Spider-Man universe? Is he going to appear in the MCU? Like there are options now. 66% of those options are not good. Um, I feel like, I think... you, wait, hold up. Bef before you answer what I envision is, you know, when you would go to the store and get cereal, and you would get like frosted flakes. <laughs> Those would be like you get the ones in the bags. Yeah. So the frosted flakes with the tiger on, that's the MCU. And then like the other options that I just <laughs> mentioned are like the, the flake frost, the bottom in the bag. That's the big frost. Yeah. Um so I'm sorry. <laughs> so what would I want? So I mean, I think naturally I would want him to be. I'm torn because I would want him to be in the MCU, but does that mean that Peter Parker going to die? Mm, I'm not sure if I want that. Do we? I don't even know if I want Andrew Garfield to die. I kind of want him to get, you know, if he's, if he's going to get more movies, I kind of want more from him. I'd be almost open for him getting into Toby's world and Toby dying. <laughs> what? What's so funny? I'm just, I'm just laughing. Like, somebody's got to die. Like. <laughs> Just think yeah, so about like, how amazing that is, though. There are three Spider-Men that you can choose from. Like, one of them has oh, to die. And I guess Venom. And maybe Venom. No. Oh, you Do mean you the Venom universe or like... Or yeah, die? the universe. Oh, yeah. No, no, Venom. No, he's not passing on the torch from Venom. <laughs> how do you know? Remotely. How do you know? That's true. That's true. Dumber things have been done by Sony. That's what I said. That's what I was saying. Like, that's an option. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what would you want? I, too, am conflicted because what I'm thinking about is the quality of the MCU right now. So before, mm -hmm. you know, if this was six years ago, I'd be like, yeah, obviously the MCU. I don't know about now. And I don't three years I ago, think you would have said that. Yeah, even three years ago, I would have said that. So, like anything post Endgame, pr prior to Endgame, I'd be like, yeah. Even immediately after Endgame, I would say yes. Um, 
but now not so much. And so just from a quality perspective, I don't know. Um, and in addition to that, what you see with Blade, you are, they cast you, they say when your movie's coming out, and you're just like waiting in this fucking churn before your shit can come out. And if he's in any of the other universes, they aren't restricted by those timelines, really, right? They can come out mm. whenever. Right away. And so from the perspective of I want this as soon as possible, I'd almost pick any of the other universes. And then almost from a quality perspective, one? not the Venomverse. Fuck that place. Okay. Um, obviously not the Venomverse. Obviously not the Venomverse. So either uh, Tobey Maguire or um, Andrew Garfield. I think Andrew Garfield's tone probably fits. Let me rephrase that. Amazing Spider-Man 1's tone fits better with what Miles Morales, what I would imagine it being, than the others, than, than Toby. Because Toby is really cartoonish world. So it's like, that's the one downside. Is like, I don't want the real kind of goofy, golly G type of, you know, Peter Parker there. Um, you know, does Peter Parker die in the comics in order for Miles Morales? Does he need to die? Is that like, is that a canon event as they call it? Yeah. That sucks. Yep. But then yeah, the universes merge. I'd rather Toby back. die. I'd rather Toby die. That's he got a trilogy. Let him die. Let him this die. This is all you have left. Garfield didn't get a trilogy. Although this could be it. Restore the Garfield verse. Okay. All right. So that was it. That's all. Those are all the questions I have for you about Spider-Man. Um, are you ready to move on? We've got some some news coming at us. Yeah, we got I feel a little like, bit of Fast 10 news today. I feel like we've been talking about rumors. Fast and Furious. Gossip. Gossip. We're, we're like gossipy little bitches on the show. Um, yeah, I feel like are. we've been talking about this for the wrong reasons for a very long time. Um, so reports are coming out right now uh, as they relate to Fast and Furious. And it's the fact that apparently... Vin Diesel is, he's upset. Um, no. He's ups this is, okay, I want to clarify before, this is a... Uh, you said rumor. A rumor. Yeah, I know that, that, but it's from this is from RadarOnline.com. We normally don't cover, cover drama like this, but this is just fun to me. I'm sorry, but this is fun. I'm like relishing in this for some okay, reason. Okay, set it up it's then, set so it up then. Let's go. What's the right. story? So as you mentioned, Vin Diesel's not happy. According to this rumor, according to this rumor, uh, he does not like the fact that Fast 10, Fast X is being trashed by critics. And he also doesn't like the fact that the one shining star that is pointed out in many reviews is Jason Momoa. Who included ours. And furthermore, he's he's throwing he's basically saying that he was overacting and this and that and scene stealing which to me it sounds kind of contradictory in a way because like if you're stealing scenes it's usually a good thing and it's not usually a result of overacting but if you're overacting it's only overacting if you're overacting and it doesn't work right i guess that's where my mind is um because if you're if it works even if it is like flamboyant or big it's not overacting because it works but whatever anyway he this is what the thing says it says vin is embarrassed John, uh, Jason is being branded the only bright spot in the film film and stealing his thunder in the franchise he built himself. So this comes from one of With their his own sources. two hands. 
So, Jonesy, my yeah. question for you is: What's up? Do you believe this rumor? First of all, of course I do. And you do? Okay, absolutely. So continue, continue. <laughs> I I just think it's funny that he's upset that his toilet shaped film is uh, has been hijacked by Jason Momoa. I, in our own review, we talked it was about like so good. We love so it. good. It was so he was so good. Uh, if you can channel Jack Nicholson, um, yeah, I, I just it is hard for me to imagine. Did Vin Diesel read the script? Because even reading well, the stuff that this guy says, you're like, where else is there to go? But how Jason Momoa played him, right? Like I, mm. I have a hard time envisioning this being played differently and so, so that's one aspect here here here's oh i want to jump on that a little bit because he was this is another rumor last year as to why justin lynn left and they the rumor was that it was because vin diesel showed up late unprepared out of mm -hmm. shape maybe he didn't read the script because He's unprepared. And maybe he didn't know what was happening on days with their shooting. And also, we know the script was a mess and that Louis Leterrier or Louis Leterrier had to basically rewrite it on his plane over to set. Yeah. So who knows like how much of that character was the way it was before he landed. Um, so there's like lots of because of the way these movies are shot currently, where they don't really have a complete script it's possible he really didn't know until he saw the movie or until later on. I suppose I still feel like that's on him because sure, I, I, I mean, no shit. I agree. It is on him. Yeah. I'm not saying he's in the clear. I'm just saying that that could be a reason why. And I, and I, the reason why I also believe this is just because of what I just said, I'm like between Dwayne Johnson, mm -hmm. Justin Lin, and now this, like he has a history of having a big inflated ego that clashes with people on set. And so this just makes it sure. Yeah. I buy it. You know, it. what's even better. You know, what's even better. So two days ago, what? Dwayne Johnson posted something on Twitter where he talked about he and Vin Diesel were going to put the past behind them <laughs> that they were going to lead with brotherhood. Okay. Did you finish just, the quote or are you? Oh, no, they're like, they're just going to lead the franchise with brotherhood. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. And then wasn't um, it, hasn't it also been revealed that he may not be coming back for fast 11, but actually another spinoff? No, it, it is, it is the next. So we actually did talk about that and ask that question the last time we were trying to figure out is the two Hobbs, two Shaw, but no, he said the next film, you'll see the legendary lawman and will be Hobbs movie. Uh, it will be the Hobbs movie that will serve as a fresh new chapter to set up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so it is going to be just his own spinoff. I was like, what you're reading sounds an awful lot like a spinoff yeah, to me. But yeah. No, it's a spinoff. And then it's going to set up Fast X Part 2. So between that one. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was but happening. Is he going to be there for Fast 11 is my question, I guess. Like it's going to set up Fast 11, but is he going to be in Fast 11? Hopefully, I don't know. Who knows? 
who knows anyway uh, so what I, is this story oh yeah so we're talking about jason momoa <laughs> yeah i just i you know what's what i don't understand is regardless of what you think about the movies um they are this is one of the most lucrative franchises there is period you can hate it yeah. all you want but it just is and kind of like venom fuck you um <laughs> What I find fascinating about that is that he's just his ego is so big that he can't just take the money and run, right? Like you're in one of the top franchises in the world, just take the money and run, just shut the fuck up and just take them. And he's just like, no, I want it all, baby. I want everyone to see that I built this franchise with my my own hands. Paul Walker had nothing to do with it, and uh, yeah, I just I find that to be an amazing ego trip. Yeah, it just makes it really easy to believe every negative thing you hear about him because of just his track record and history. Yeah, and I say that as someone that genuinely enjoys a lot of his movies. Um, so, like, I'm a pitch black guy. I like those. I like the majority of the fast never. films. I, I always was. Um, so this is hard, especially the games, too. The games are really fun. So he is someone who Fast has always been on games? my No. Well, yes, because there was a Fast and Furious uh, Forza game that was great. But also oh, no. there were uh, Pitch Black games. There were two, maybe three. I know I played two of them. And it was <laughs> like he's always been on my radar as someone that creates things that I just enjoy, be it video games or animated series because there were there were pitch black um animes that he made that he was involved in i was just like the stuff that he does just works for me and it it is hard as a fan of his and the content that he creates to just go like man you're just yeah okay well hopefully this doesn't lead to drama and hopefully it doesn't result in Jason Momoa not coming back to Fast 11 because he was one of the better villains because he was so fun. And I also think it's funny. In the middle of the movie, I just leaned over to Kirsten and I was like, he was Cal Drogo. This guy was Cal Drogo. <laughs> Basically, you know, the silent, very masculine, hyper-masculine, you know, character that really was ironically his breakout role mm -hmm. um, from Game of Thrones. It's just crazy to be like, that's him was right conan here. before or after i think conan was before game of thrones i don't right? consider conan a breakout role. no no no, not a breakout role i just mean oh, like okay. i'm thinking like that's a good question in terms of trajectory you're right right like he's played that same kind of hyper masculine dude and then just one of them happened to take i mean so, yeah. i think the you know obviously the breakout role was game of thrones for him uh, so 2011 yeah. was conan I believe 2010 was Game of Thrones. Was it really? So, wow. Hold on, let me, let me, I'm just going to look this up right now. Game, ah, oh, god damn it. Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know when you like you type into Google and then Google's like, hey, I'm loaded now. And then it has, it basically deletes what you've written. Yeah. It, it just did that to me. Um, the first episode of Game of Thrones was 2011. So same year. Same, so that same. that was the year of Momoa. Same, same. So yeah. Cal Drogo is Conan. Conan is Cal Drogo. There you go. Same thing. Uh, but yeah, best I, got. Uh, I think 
I hate to say this, but you know, you, we also got to give. And actually, screw it. I don't hate to say it. Zack Snyder. I don't care what people say. He's really good at casting and recognizing talent early on, and uh, I think him casting him as Aquaman was inspired and really helped prove that he had more range than just being the silent gruff type. Sure. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, to, to Danny's continued excitement, I, if he gets cast as Lobo, I'm going to be over the moon. I, I can't wait to mm. see that if that's true. So that'd be fun. Anyway. All right. Anything else? Let's shut her down. It? Shut her down. That all right. It. So folks, if you like what you heard, and of course you did do all the socials, like rate, comment, subscribe, <laughs> share. What? Of course you did. Of course you liked all, what you listened I to. Always said, I said it all the time. I don't think you do. Did. I think it's the first time you did. said that. No, I said, all of right. course you did. Of course you did. No, I, you know what? Sometimes it's why wouldn't you have? So maybe that's, maybe that's. I don't remember you saying anything remotely at that. Oh, no. Sometimes I'm I feeling myself. I think you're myself. imagining. No. Sometimes I'm just, right. you know, I'm, I'm feeling real good about myself. Good. Why wouldn't you love me? Why wouldn't you love us? Why wouldn't you love this podcast I built with my own two hands? <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you love this family that i built with my own two hands i built paul walker up he didn't exist before i existed he sprung into existence with the fast and the furious he's so insane <laughs> and of course you could find all of lrm's content on lrmonline.com and look for the genre versus content on YouTube. Jump on the Discord. Let us know what you thought of the Spider-Verse. Let us know what you think of the beef. we got a lot of people jumping on Discord, having conversations about this, that, and the other. You should be one of them. Let us know what you think. Other than that, we will catch you on the next time. What's what's the next movie? Is it Transformers? We're we doing Transformers next week. Transformers is the next movie. I don't we don't, yeah. I don't know if we've decided if we're gonna do. Oh, so yes, we are because you're really excited for it. Because I was like, Ted Lasso. I mean, you might put you, you might you might Tetris me. You might Tetris me. I, I'm yeah. I like. I just remember. Sorry, Kyle, to just linger this, but I just remember going back. You're like, we're not covering John Wick. I'm like, I don't want to watch John Wick, and it was like, it did fairly well for us. So it's like, oh, what happens? Um. That's but not I mean, how it went. Ted I Lasso thought you guys were did. joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we told you this. You're like, oh, you were kidding. I thought you were joking. Like, there's no way. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso ended. The Drops of God, the show that no one's talking about that's amazing, is ending, ended yesterday. Don't know what you're talking about. You should watch The Drops of God. It's amazing. Is this a first? It's is really this, wait, the whole thing is done? It's yeah, a limited series? First, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if there's another season, but because nice. I haven't finished it. Okay. Um, What's I have it on? Because I left, but... Apple TV Plus. Of course it is. God damn it. So here's what I love about it. So this is it's an adaptation of a manga. Okay. It feels kind of like a David Fincher movie. It's right. not, but it's not like a it's not like a thriller or anything. It's like a I don't know, whatever. But it what I love about it is that it is a triple production between France, Japan, and the US. I think the US. I might be wrong about that. And then literally when it's globe trotting, you go from Japan to, I think the U.S. I keep forgetting, and then in France and all that, and everyone speak speaking their native languages, and mm. just crossing over and stuff. So it's like you have subtitles like on at all times for the most part. No, that. it's great. I don't want. I'm that. sorry. Deal with it, man. It's awesome to be able to see people like act in their native language and then also switch to other languages in like three different languages. It's really cool. Yeah. You turned me off. Good job. All right. Yeah, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. 
catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna. Mm-hmm.